Hey gang, Ross Brand here for LivestreamUniverse.com. Welcome to Livestream Stars. It is Monday night, and every Monday night, we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across live stream platforms, and tonight is no exception. We have the great Cynthia, Cynthia easy for me to say, Bazin with us, and tomorrow night, we're going to have a special edition in honor of the launch of the Never Settle show. We're going to have Mario Armstrong, NBC Today personality, Emmy Award winner, will be joining us tomorrow night. We'll be back here 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for Livestream Stars. Now, let's turn to tonight's guest. <laughs> Cynthia is the first name. Bazin is the last name. She is a super talented live streamer. She's on practically, is it every day or almost every day? Pretty much every day. <laughs> so Cynthia does periscopes, buskers, she she's on all the different platforms and she's a mentor keynote speaker who helps people become laser focused on their goals, including doing daily live streams on Periscope and Busker, or at least almost every day. She specializes in personal development, business strategy and branding. She's at smart chick, C-H-I-C dot me. And on social media, you can find her at the smart chick. She appears regularly on Good Day Sacramento on the local CBS station, and she'll be on tomorrow morning, uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. You can watch it online at gooddaysacramento.cbslocal.com, gooddaysacramento.cbslocal.com. That is a mouthful. I think they need a link shortener. <laughs> Uh, Cynthia is also a Success Magazine blogger. She won the Success Blog Star Awards Contest in 2015. She was a speaker at Summit Live, an outstanding speech we actually have on our YouTube channel. Some clips from that. You can head on over to RossBrand.tv later on. Not right now, but later on and check that out. And she's the co-author of three books. And if that wasn't enough. She was among a hundred women who were from around the world were featured in an international bestseller called Common Threads Empowerment. So welcome, Cynthia. It's great to have you on, and I'm so glad we get a chance to actually chat kind of face to face. We talked a little bit at Summit Live, but it's really awesome to get a chance to talk to you in a little more extended format. I know. I'm so excited to be with you, Ross. I've been following you for a while. You're doing an awesome job with this. So I'm excited just to have a great conversation with you and the listeners here. So thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I think it's fascinating how into live streaming you are as a business person, how much you've really used it to grow your business and also how you use it to kind of motivate people and bring a positive energy. But before we get to all that, and we will get to that, uh, I, had, I found something interesting. I always said, like, you're very business-minded and you're very enthusiastic, but you've also sort of got a little bit of this sort of, like, don't mess with me stance, right? And I said, <laughs> where does... A little bit. Like you're you're not not like you're you're aggressive, but just like you're very you're like secure, right? And I was yeah. like, Oh, she worked in corrections. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes that's yeah. where that confidence <laughs> comes from. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad thing, right? To have a right. little bit of a don't mess with me sort of attitude. So that's funny <laughs> that you say that, not us ever talking before. So right. I think that you know what, where that comes from. I don't have any sisters. I just had two brothers, mm -hmm. one older and one younger. So I was always around, you know, 
you know, obviously my brothers and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think that came uh, when I sort of went into a male dominated uh, job, uh, which I did for 21 years. I worked in corrections for 10 years, but was part of the investigation and security um, you know, career for 21 years in different environments. So very male dominated and very much that, you know what, yeah, you had to take control or right. they were gonna take control of you. So that's funny that you pick up on that, but I'm actually proud of that, that, you know, um, I definitely have a soft side to me, but I think that in business, especially, you do have to really take control of your life and take control of your business in order for you to be successful. So, and I, I think in live streaming, it's important to take control of the broadcast at the beginning and, and sort of know where you're going or at least have the confidence in knowing that whatever comes up, right, you're going to steer the ship. Even if you don't enter the broadcast with notes and things like that, you have an idea where you're going, but you're, you've taken sort of command of the microphone or the space or what have you. And that's something you do really well. Like you come right on with the energy. You don't sort of like, hey, tap it up, all right, let's hang out a little bit, what's going on, anybody here, like, you go, whether there's one person there at the beginning, or there's 500 people there at the beginning, you get started, what what gives you that kind of spark when you get on, that you just know, like, you are on when you're on, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think I've learned from some broadcasters that, you know what, of things that I didn't particularly care for. So if I was going on to a broadcast, right, and then I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for, you know, the broadcaster to start. So I really learned from other people, which I think is really important for all of us, right? Um, and learning any sort of trade or any sort of skill is not just do it and do it like the way that you think you should do it is really look at people that you know you look up to that you think are doing it well and not copy them i always say never copy people but emulate the things that they're doing right so i watched a lot of great broadcasters in the beginning when i started um but i do in the beginning for at least 30 to 60 seconds welcome people in so there's a right. little bit of time before i jump into the topic but people's time is valuable right ross is that mm -hmm. people are taking time out of their day to come into this broadcast. So I appreciate it. And I do see some comments coming up. So I just want to acknowledge some people that are coming in from Periscope and some good friends. So thank you all for being here. And uh, so I think it's, yeah, really important. Time is valuable for yourself and for the people that are coming in. So know your topic, know the topics like the back of your hand. That's the type of stuff that right. you should be talking about and just get right to it. <laughs> right, right. Now you do the the live streams I've seen are all all very business focused, very focused on motivation, on setting goals, as you like to say, get get people laser focused, right on on their goals. Do you do any just sort of spontaneous? I'm hanging out, or is it when you're a live streamer, this is what people can expect, and you kind of stick to the topic. Well, I think it's really important to stay in your lane. So as you said in the beginning, I do deal with personal development, business branding and strategy. So the personal development side, I think it's really important that you really have to focus in on your own self-care and confidence first. So I do talk a lot of stuff about self-care and confidence and that sort of thing. Uh, but I do believe that, you know what, you do need to stay in your lane in order for you to get known for something. Because I'm sure you've seen it too, Ross. I mean, you're very focused in what you do. People that jump from topic to topic and you really don't know what they're an expert in, it can get really confusing to people. But to answer your question in regards to sometimes I come in and just chat, 
I do do once a do do I do once a week. <laughs> I, sorry about that. I do question and answer things for people just to chat with me Great. to give uh, people an opportunity to ask me just questions to get um, to give them an idea about what laser focus mentoring is. So once a week, I do do just chats, you know, with the audience, which is awesome. So fill the gaps a little bit for us. Um, you were working in corrections and security and doing investigations. And now you're an entrepreneur doing live streaming and motivational uh, keynote speaking and things like that. Talk about like, how did you make the transition? How did you go from, from one to, to another very different space? To prison, to motivational speaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had more than 45 minutes, but, uh, you know, it basically, you know, going way back, my schooling, um, I got a master's degree in counseling uh, and in criminal justice. So I really did have uh, a counseling piece throughout those 21 years. And even through, you know, me being uh, an investigator and me being a counselor in the prison system and then working an administrator, I always found myself mentoring people, people coming to me and asking for advice. Um, I did a lot of training at the academy, for example, in the prison system. So that training, that mentoring piece, I guess, was always there. And around the 18th year of 21 years, uh, you know, I really started, I would just be honest with you, I was passionate about what I did, but I didn't like being on call for 24 hours a day. I was in one of those positions that I would be called in, you know, one o'clock in the morning every night for some sort of crisis that would happen. So I thought around the 18th year point, you know, what, I'd like to maybe do something else in the next, uh, you know, period of my life. So the entrepreneurial thing was something I was very interested in. Uh, but in short, Ross, I did not just leap and quit my job and go into entrepreneurship. I did what now I believe was very smart, was that I learned about business, I learned about entrepreneurship, and I worked my full-time job while doing my business on a part-time basis, saving money, checking it out, trying it out, and making sure that you know I was fairly confident it was gonna work before I transitioned into business full-time. We're talking with keynote speaker and motivational speaker and mentor, Cynthia Bazin. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, some great people here. Hey, Sabrina is here. Yeah. Leslie Nance, uh, Shorty Awards Periscoper of the yeah. Year finalist. Congratulations. Awesome. Uh, Nat is here. Uh, Chef Michael, always super supportive, always sharing uh, broadcasts out. We appreciate that so much, Michael. Lisa is here. Uh, Michael Joseph Murray, another uh, great supporter of the program, is here. Thank you all so much. And if you don't mind sharing this out, uh, this is this is just going to get into some great stuff with uh, Cynthia over the next half hour. And we'd love to take your questions as well. So if you have questions, please do throw those into the chat. So when you obviously started thinking about business, you probably had no idea, right? You would be on live video as a big part of your business. That wasn't really in the picture. Um, when did you make the decision, okay, this is an opportunity for me, or this is something I want to do? How did you end up getting into, into live video? It's really unbelievable. And I'm sure a lot of people that are watching this live and on the replay probably have the same, same reaction. Like who knew that this right. live streaming thing was going to come about? I was YouTube videos. I was on Twitter. I was on, uh, you know, LinkedIn, that sort of thing. And it was about a year and a half ago, I think, Ross, that someone just 
messaged me through Twitter, one of my awesome social media family members and said, listen, you know what? You got to check this out. You know, you do video on YouTube and you're a speaker, that sort of thing. You should check this out. So, okay, I'll download the app, you know, another app, another thing. Right. And so, yeah, like, you know what? It was scary. I just remember like everybody else, like, what is this thing? I'm going to have to talk into this like dot in my phone. And you know what? Someone just told me, just do it. And just one day, just like probably so many people in the audience, I just hit that broadcast button and really kind of stunk the first time. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, didn't know I can't imagine do. it. You know, didn't know what to do. Really didn't. It was a short live stream and just introducing myself and just saying hello. And you know what? Uh, you know, from there, uh, which I talk about all the time, I said, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to be consistent with it. So thank you so much, Leslie, for your comments. That's awesome. And if I could just sneak in a real quick hello to Lisa Bechtel. She's an amazing friend and supporter. So thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Um, so you now, let, let's talk, let's get to the heart of the matter, right? You're using this for for business. Um, you're not just going on to connect for the sake of connecting, although you're great at connecting and you build great relationships and you treat the people who come to watch with total respect and, and really you, they, you get something out of it, whether or not you're, you're going to become a client or a customer or whatever. Um, but talk about actually, because, you know, as we talked offline, you know, a lot of people talk about how they can use, uh, live streaming for business, but, don't really give too much details and you're not afraid to, to, to talk about that. It's been a, a very important part of your business. It's been huge. So, you know, I just have to say right off the bat, if that you're a business owner or you're looking to be in business, live streaming has to be part of your social media platform and part of your marketing. And I told you this offline is that, you know what, quite honestly, you know, I think it's probably about 90% of my business actually comes from video and or live streaming. So it's just absolutely unbelievable. I used to be the person, Ross, that I advertised in magazines all across the country, did all different types of advertising, paid advertising. And it's actually <laughs> cut my costs because live streaming is free, everybody. You know what I mean? So it's been amazing how I've been able to, yeah, really grow my business because live streaming builds the likes, respect, and trust factor so much quicker than you putting advertisement in some sort of magazine, right? So right. that is like absolutely the main thing that, you know, it, it has grown my business so much. But there's a, a formula. I don't know if you want me just to jump yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. What I've done is that, yes, it is definitely a gathering tool, Leslie. And so you know, quite honestly, I've treated live streaming Ross just like I always have in all social media. So I really started out on Twitter and Facebook, obviously, and LinkedIn with every social media platform, even prior to live streaming. I've always said, you know what, quality um, audience versus quantity audience audience. So I have never been concerned about the numbers. I've always been concerned about building relationships one on one and getting quality relationships and what I do. So just with live streaming is that when I get onto a live stream, you know what, I'm not concerned about the numbers. I'm not concerned about, you know, I'm going to push a particular product is that I'm really concerned about the value that I'm going to bring, no matter if I tweet something out or if I go on live video, um, I want to bring something of value. The second thing is I'm always going to be someone that engages. Um, 
on any social media platform. It is so important that if someone is coming into your broadcast and watching you, acknowledge them. During the broadcast, if you can, sometimes it's hard because of the numbers, but if you don't acknowledge them during the broadcast, afterwards out on Twitter, if you're fortunate enough for them to share it out and tweet it out, you know, listen, they're putting, uh, they're putting respect on you and they're sharing it out to their um, followers or social media family. So definitely, definitely it's so important to do that. And what that does, Ross, which I think you understand very, very clearly, is that, you know what, they feel like they're more than a number. They right. feel like, you know what, wow, this person is acknowledging me that I'm not just here, that I'm actually part of this broadcast and they're actually, uh, this person is actually giving me respect by putting it out there on Twitter as well. So, so the value, engagement, and then being highly supportive of other broadcasters. Right. That's really been the key. And you know what? Notice that I didn't say that I'm dangling my product out there. Is that mm -hmm. anybody that's here that has known me, if you look at the hundreds of broadcasts that I've actually put out there um, on social media, is that probably 2% of the time I'll let people know, hey, listen, I've got a particular product. When you provide value, you engage and you support, people are naturally interested in what you do. Right, so right. That's how I've actually gotten the business. And what is the what was the time frame for you from when you first went on till you actually started seeing results for your business? Well, I would say it took a while. So <laughs> I, that's what I always say. You know what? Listen, this is not like 30 days and all of a sudden you're going to just blow up. Is that I built it slow. I wanted to make sure that people built that like, respect and trust factor for me. So I would say it was at least, you know, probably three to five months building up the brand, you know, getting people to know me. But I also want to say, Ross, was that that was when live streaming was just happening too. I think people can build it up quicker now because there's more people. And like, say, for example, someone new comes on to my broadcast. Well, I've built up a nice social media family that if I share something out, they're going to get thousands of people. When I started, there was like one person in a broadcast for a long time. I had five people in the broadcast, 10 people because the numbers weren't there. And see, um, I try to pick the right person for the right product in real time. Thank you, Leslie. So yeah, so back then it took a little bit longer. Um, but I will just say in general, you can't expect first broadcast, second broadcast, people are just gonna start buying from you. I always encourage people to watch you and monitor you you know, for a bit to build up right. that life, respect and trust factor. That's that's great advice. And I, I like what Leslie said. I try to pick the right person for the right product in real time. I took that tip from you, Cynthia. Um, yeah, I know you read that, but I, it's so good. I had to read that. Um, Thank so, you. So you're, you're really, you're addressing it to that person right within the live stream. Maybe not by name or by name when you talk about a product that you have. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually about the, you know, a value attached to the product. So say, mm -hmm. for example, that, you know, again, you know, I'm a, I'm a mentor for men and women, right? And personal right. development, business strategy and branding. So I do a topic related to that, but I'm not focused in on, listen, this is how much my mentoring is, is that I'm providing the value. And during the broadcast, I'll say, hey, listen, this is what I do for a business. If you're interested in something like this, check my profile, you know, reach out to me. If you're struggling in an area, um, reach out to me. Notice that I'm not like pushing and pushing and pushing people for a product. I'm just letting people know what I do, how they can reach out to me. 
nobody likes, I don't think, Ross, a hard sell, especially on Periscope. Um, I don't. And so it'd be it'd be interesting to see, you know, what your audience says. But for me personally, I never like a hard sell. But if I respect you and you're providing information that I need, oh, wow. You know, and I'm seeing you live on video and I can look at you like eye to eye. You know, I'm going to be interested to learn more about you. And I want to go to your website and learn more about the products and services you have. Welcome, welcome Bess. Bess. Also, also, welcome, welcome uh, Mark, uh, Mark Mason. Are you guys Are hearing, you an hearing an echo? I'm hearing an echo. Uh, hmm. Now I'm thinking one on one. Anyway, okay. so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so what I was going to ask you before that echo uh, was when you are in the process of doing a live stream and questions come up. I've noticed you're very good at, at, at addressing things. Do you try and get to every question or do you try and sort of pace it so that you get your content in, in sort of bite-sized chunks at least, and then mm -hmm. come to a question, then get through what you're trying to get through, then come to a question. How do you manage the comments in the chat? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, what I think with everything I've learned as I've gone along, right? So when the smaller numbers were there and little questions came along, I would say I tried to address them during if it was really related to what I'm talking about. But now, you know, again, people are coming in for the content. So unless it's something of clarification, something that someone is not really understanding that maybe someone else needs some understanding, I try to put the questions at the end of the broadcast mm -hmm. so that it's not continually breaking up the content that some people are just coming in for. So I think that's better, you know, for most people that, you know, get the content out and then people that can hang around and answer a few questions at the end. That's what I try to do on most of our broadcasts now. Well, we would love some questions. If you have some questions for Cynthia, please do. Please bring them on, throw them in the chat. She's always ready in good position um, and ready to take on whatever challenges <laughs> you throw at her. Uh, so now Busker is a little bit of a different different animal, right? I mean, it's it's sort of on the surface similar to Periscope, but it's a different community and there is the ability to attach products and services and sell right from the app right in your broadcast people can buy have you taken advantage of that feature and and has busker changed in any way uh the way you've approached live streaming wow you know what so yeah i was introduced to busker and you know i said you know what let me give it a, a try over there and I love it. You know what? It is a different type of community versus Periscope. And somebody, I forgot who told me this, uh, what Busker is like. And I totally agree with that. I think Periscope is sort of like on steroids, right? There's a lot of energy. You've got to keep up with people and that sort of thing. Busker is very chill. <laughs> so when you go over to Busker and if you do a broadcast over there, there's obviously less numbers um of people on busker it's a smaller community they are growing uh but it's like sitting in a lounge chair on a sunday afternoon is that the people who talk over there are very very chill that's been my experience in over there but in, to answer your question about um the products and services i have not attached my products and services yet on busker but what i have seen which is really really interesting for people that are musicians, artists, speakers, is that there's a tip function um, in Busker. And it's amazing, people will pay you for great content. If you're providing something mm -hmm. of value, 
people tip you over there. And so I've cashed out over on Busker. I haven't even asked for tips and people will give you a $1 tip, a $1 tip. Sometimes I've gotten $5 tips. So I really encourage people to try Busker out, try it for 90 days at least, right? See if that vibe really connects with you. And especially if you're a musician or someone that, you know what, that has some sort of creative energy you know what they do very very well over on busker and uh, musicians get a lot of tips over there they really right. do so if you do something like that yeah it's really a good thing so i do like busker and periscope equally it's just a different type of community leslie nance asks how many times a day do you broadcast and have you found a silver bullet time slot Ooh. <laughs> well <laughs> that's great leslie that's a great question so um I would say most of the time I broadcast at least twice a day. So um, one time is that I'm always consistent in the mornings. I do a morning, you know, powerful quote of the day at about 540-ish um, in the morning. So, you know, has it been a silver bullet, like an awesome time slot? I think the reason for the time slot is that people have come to know over the last year and a half that I have done that time slot. So, you know, I don't think it's necessarily Sometimes the actual time slot is that when people start to know that you're going to be in that time slot day after day, people that like you and respect you end up coming over um, and, and being there. You know what I mean? Loyal people will keep their notifications on or expect you to come in at that time. So I think for any live streamers, for those of you that are trying to figure it out, try different times and don't be afraid to, if you're a morning broadcaster, you know, go on at night because there's different people that can come into live streaming at the nighttime mm -hmm. than sometimes in the morning. So, but I think that in order for you to build up a tribe, a community, loyal people, I think it's important that you be consistent, that you come in, you know what, during a certain time of day, if you can. Mm -hmm. And do you and promote you ahead of time when you're going live? You know, sometimes I do. I wouldn't say on a daily basis because that can be kind of old, you know, you know, as far as every day. But right. I do at times out on Twitter, you know, just say, hey, you know what? I'm on Periscope. Please, you know, put your notifications on. Or if there's something I'm really excited about, like a particular broadcast, I'll promote it ahead of time for sure. And have you noticed a, a difference in either number or in, you know, new people finding you when you do that? Have, have you noticed any sort of payoff for doing that? I think that, you know, it does, it does help if you immediately, you know what I mean? This is what I have found. So, you know, different people will find different things. I like to do it right ahead of time. So for example, you know, I also use Facebook live, right? So say for example, I'm going to do something on Facebook live and I live stream twice on Periscope at times I'll do a Periscope right before. And so, Hey guys, you know what? I'm going to be doing a Facebook live on this particular topic like I did today on Periscope. Right. I said, everybody, come on over to Rossbrand.live for this interview today. And people were like, cool. And people showed up. So for me, I think it's good right ahead of time to kind of draw people into the other place because they're on and then they'll go to the other platform. Hey, Carlos Phoenix, just joining us. I see you said morning. I don't know if you're overseas or just getting up very late. But <laughs> hey. Good to see you, Carlos. Um, Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you, would you give to somebody who perhaps they're not a solopreneur or, an, or a small business, and perhaps they're, they're, part, they're working for a company, maybe they're an executive, maybe they're 
uh, a, a player in one area of the company, and they think that there's an opportunity for live streaming, but they're not sure whether to do it and if they do it, you know, kind of what the what their lane is, right? What would you advise for people who are part of a bigger organization rather than just doing it on their own behalf? Great question. I actually talked about this the other day when I spoke uh, for a Sacramento Business Journal was that there were a couple companies there. There was somebody that was a hair salon owner. She has 23 stylists inside of her hair salon, never has done any sort of live streaming and said, what should, um, you know, what do I do? What do I live stream about? I think there's opportunities for uh, large companies just like solopreneurs. And I think I think the main general thing I would like to say is for people to get to know your business, the inside of your business. So that's what I really focused in on the other day is that whether you're, you know, a news station or you're a salon owner or you're a CEO of a company is that by you doing live streaming, you give people a little inside look to you. People want to know who the owner is. People want to know what's going on behind the scenes. So some things that immediately come up is the owner just getting on and saying, thank you so much. You know, for people who come into the salon, I want to introduce myself, let you know who I am, and then maybe show you the inside of the business, just walking through and kind of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. It says, those are easy things for you to do. And I'm telling you, people love, I don't know, maybe you can give me some insight, Ross. I mean, don't you love to hear a little bit about companies? And, you know, if a CEO comes on, it's like, hey, that's pretty cool that they're taking the time and doing a Q&A or just jumping on and saying hello. Oh, I, I mean, I think it's a tremendous opportunity because so few people are actually doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Got to take advantage of it. I mean, I think it's low risk with a potential high reward, right? If it if you do one and nobody watches, that's like most people's biggest fear, right? Well, nobody watches, then what could have gone wrong, right? Right. You just decide, okay, maybe it's not worth the investment, or maybe I got to keep at it for quite some time. But I don't think that there's a major downside unless you really do something ridiculous to embarrass yourself or the company. Right. Um, I, I think it's, you know... There's the possibility, um, like Carlos said there, and I'm not exactly sure if this is what he was referring to, but he said you never know who was watching. In other words, you don't have to have 3,000 people watching. You only need one right person to be watching, and that could make a difference for your business, for you know your social life, for your career, whatever it is that you're trying to do in life. It could make a difference one person could. So um and there's 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 really not a better way for people to get to know you unless you're going to see them in person is through this type of communication and that's i think that's the advantage to live versus like a produced youtube video or something like that you know i was just talking about this i don't know if lisa bechtel is still here but we have uh, been at you know locations and guest service right if we really think about it you know, we've come so accustomed to just like good customer service and good guest services that there really is an opportunity for companies to really step it up in guest service and customer service by doing the live video because people want to be loyal to companies, but people are so sick and tired of having bad service or just satisfactory service. So by doing live streaming, giving people an inside look, talking with them, chatting with them, maybe doing Q and A's to get people's concerns, you know, that sort of thing, that just steps it up uh, so much more than what most businesses are willing to do. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think there's a great opportunity like with Instagram. Yes, you can save your Instagrams now, but it doesn't mean that you have to do anything with them, right? They still disappear in your stories afterwards. So I, I think it's a great opportunity, but I don't see a lot of businesses doing it to actually get on and address customer issues, right? Concerns, complaints, whatever, because it's not like you're doing it on YouTube or Facebook where, you know, the whole world's going to could see it. And it, it's going to be a small group of people who are concerned, like, hey, if you have an issue, you have a question and you're right. not putting it on the record forever, it's gone when the broadcast is over. But imagine how good people feel when their questions are being addressed, even if all you can say is we're looking into it and we're going to get to it. We're working as hard as we can on it. It's something and it's much better than posts that go off in social media and are disparaging towards a company because basically somebody feels they're not being heard. Right. (laughs) That's all I want. You know what I mean? Is just to be heard. And I think most people want that, too. So just someone being vulnerable, being real and authentic you know, in a live broadcast, I really think that would mean a lot to people. It would to me. So um, there is a tremendous opportunity for solopreneurs, big companies, everybody um, to build up that customer loyalty for sure. Uh, Nat has a great question. Um, what is the ideal length for a broadcast uh, if you're new to it? Ooh, you know, I know that there are a million different answers to this because you know what? I think it depends. And I know that's a really fluffy answer, but (laughs) I know people that have been, you know, really effective that they're actually doing 60 second powerful videos just to put something out there, a thought, you know what I mean? So I would say in general, people are really busy and that the shorter is better, but it depends on the subject that you're talking about. So, you know, typically if I'm going to do a topic, you know, with some laser focused tips, I will try to keep it to 15, 20 minutes, right? You know, who has an hour, two hours, you know, a day, you know what I mean? Plus other broadcasters. So as a whole, I think shorter is better, but if you're going to be doing, you know, a Q&A session, some of my Q&A sessions last, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, right? But the thing is this, I let people know it's a Q&A. If you want to jump out, come back in. You know what I mean? You're not stuck there. But if you're trying to get through a subject, is that really people's schedules are busy. So I would say the shorter, the better, but give enough time that you can actually engage with the audience and hopefully there's people in your live stream. So leave a little time. Don't get yourself so rushed during a broadcast that you go, oh my gosh, I got to go and see you later. Leave five minutes at the end so that you can actually talk with your audience. So no matter what time frame you do, if you're going to do a 15 minute broadcast, maybe then do 10 minutes of content, five minutes of Q&A. If you're going to do a 45 minute, you know what I mean? Again, leave some time for you to engage. And that's really important in Periscope, uh, especially. Yeah. And then, I mean, you don't have to hold to a rigid, rigid, like it's 15 minutes, I have to be out or, you know, whatever. I mean, the beauty of this is it's your broadcast, unless you have sponsors and things like that, which you probably don't have the first time you go live. Right. Hey, if you run out of things to say at five minutes, wrap it up and get out. <laughs> it's going good. And, you see people coming in and it's your first time on, maybe stay on a little longer and get to know yeah. more people and let them get to know you. So um, I think when you do a structured show like this, then maybe you want it to be predictable, right? It's going to be yes. 45 minutes. Maybe it's going to be an hour. 
but that's it, and then we're done, and and we'll see you next week. Because if it goes on in interminably, you're basically saying to people, ah, we don't really value your time, and don't don't feel like you have to be here at seven or seven thirty because I'll be on until midnight. So whenever you want to drop in, right? <laughs> I've seen those broadcasts; they go on and on and on. I mean, the bottom line is is that quality content versus, you know, quantity of words, right? right? So kind of like what you said, Russ, when you're done, you're done, but be flexible, be flexible. And you know what? Yes. Just like you said, if there's people coming in and they're engaging with you, if you don't have to go, that's what you want. You want to be able to engage with your audience. So don't go, wow, I've been on 15 minutes. See you later. If there's people asking you questions and saying, Hey, how do I reach out to you or asking you questions? That is exactly what you want. Right. Right. Able to get that engagement going. Right. Uh, uh, Michael says, uh, Michael Joseph Murray says, it's not TV or radio. Don't have to hit the commercial breaks, which is exactly so. And also, you don't get that rest. So figure if you're bringing the energy after a while, uh, it, it may be time to get out and save it the rest for another day. Right. I mean, you, well, you, you're going to hit the wall a little faster than if you're on for seven minutes and then you've got three minutes of commercials and you're back for, you know. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things too, as far as live streaming goes, is that a lot of people, they pack so much content into a broadcast and then they have a really hard time figuring out topics for the next one and the next one. Right. So, you know, just another hot tip for broadcasters that are looking to go live is that you don't have to give the whole house up. You know what I mean? In a broadcast providing value um, is that, you know, do like a couple tips a day or one tip or something, you know, be sure that you're able to, you know, have lots of content that you're going to be able to use um, because you need to be consistent in what you do. So. So let me say a quick hello to Claudia Santiago. Oh, Claudia. Hey, Claudia. Claudia is the one who introduced us, actually. Yes. Uh, hey, it's been a while since Claudia and I have chatted and hope everything's going well. Good to see Cheval John, who's reached, Yay. I believe, 300 podcasts on the What's the Word podcast. Also, Jenny Q was here. Uh, I don't know if she's still here, but hey, Jenny Q. Eileen Smith is here. Hope you had a great time at Social Media Marketing World. I, I heard it was a lot of fun out there. Um hope to maybe maybe make it out there next year. Hey, Terry Johnson joining us. She just did a mini live show today and also does a show every Tuesday with the Biz Chicks. So you can check that out tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. And if anybody has any questions, we got about another five, six minutes to go. Please do throw in your questions. Hey, Stacy Lynn. Good to see you. Met Stacy Lynn at Summit Live, so much going on in live streaming, right? So many different events. And now social media events are attracting people who are mainly interested in live streaming as well. So it's like, oh, okay, I'm seeing so many, so, so many people who I know basically from live streaming now, I'm seeing in these pictures at social media events, they're all meeting up, you know, at social media marketing world and other events like that, in addition to events like Summit Live. So that is, yeah. that is great to see. If I, if I could add something, I mean, obviously, it was so awesome to meet you at Summit Live and definitely attend, you know, these uh, events, you know, whenever you can, you know, across the country. But I want to encourage because something that I really started this year, Ross, was like, you know what, I am going to really um, try to do meetups with my best, you know, uh, live streaming, you know, uh, family members, other people on social media. So if there's an opportunity for you to meet up with um, some of your social media family. If you're traveling somewhere, 
do a shout out and see if people are in the area. I'm telling you, talking about loyalty and talk about bringing the relationships to the next level is that when you meet people face to face, there's nothing like it, right? Ross, like going to Summit Live and being able to talk with people face to face. So if you really want to bring your social media platforms, your live streaming to the next level, and yes, meeting Stacey Lynn at Summit Live and meeting Lisa Bechtel and so many great people, definitely try to meet up with people on Zoom calls and then try to go to the next level and meet people live. It makes a huge difference. Cheval John asks if there is a live streaming platform you recommend. Hmm. I think you got to find the right one for you. There's so many different ones out there, right? Um, I think Lisa Bechtel had asked a question whether I like Twitter Live or Instagram Live. You know, there's Busker, there's Periscoping. Is that, you know what, I really think You've got to test them out and see which one really resonates with you personally and for your business. Um, I know somebody that had periscoped for a year um, consistently and then tried out Insta Live or Instagram Live, however you want to say it, and really has decided to focus in on Instagram Live. And I apologize if I'm not saying that correctly. Is it Instagram Live or <laughs> it Insta is. Live? I think it's Instagram Live. That's what I call well, it. You know what? I think you need to test them out. There's some great, great people, exactly, finding the right fit for you that, you know what? Great, great value on Periscope. But you know what? For some reason, just hasn't been able to attach the audience. And there's no right or wrong reason. But she ended up doing Facebook Live and is rocking it. So <laughs> I always say, you know what? Test them out. You know what, don't be so uh, that I have to do Periscope or I have to do Facebook Live is that really tinker with them, try them all out and find the one that people are really attaching you to and then dominate those. Don't try to do everything. Do you use Snapchat? That is the only social media platform I don't use. And there's a specific reason why. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Well, first of all, at first I was like, I just don't get this, but I ended up getting it. <laughs> but the reason why I don't care for Snapchat versus like Instagram is that I dislike the fact that the snaps disappear. I am so adamant about people earning that like, respect, and trust factor that I want people to see a history of me. I want to see a history of what people do. And quite honestly, why I got frustrated with Snapchat was because I use my Bluetooth a lot, right? So sometimes I would lose my, I would put my Bluetooth somewhere and I would look at a snap and it was being, my, my Bluetooth was over here and I didn't see it and then it disappeared and I couldn't go back to see it. So, but the main reason why I don't use Snapchat and I know it's extremely successful for so many people, so I'm not trying to dog it. It just isn't for me. Oh, that's, you can dog it on this show. That's yeah. definitely welcome. I prefer the platforms that you can see a history. Yes. yes. I, I joke I about Snapchat. Snapchat. I, have I have so many so friends, friends who love Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. I really can't dislike it too much, but I, I just never been able to get myself to commit to, to doing content on Snapchat. At yeah, most, I, I will message and let people know if I get a chance to watch something that I enjoyed it, but... For me, it's not it's not the platform where I I feel good good about doing content for whatever reason. <laughs> See now we're like really in love with each other. Yeah. Right? 
So thank you. It's a great platform for some people. People do really well on it. It's just (laughs) Claudia says Ross sings on Busker. That's that's the furthest thing from the truth. (laughs) You sing, Ross? (laughs) I do not. In in the car with the windows rolled up. Or maybe in the shower if uh, nobody's in the neighborhood. Uh, anyway, Cynthia, it's been so great having you on. I know you got to run. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. I would love to continue the conversation with you again and Absolutely. and definitely uh, let me know what you have coming up. And I'm happy to share any of your broadcasts or anything that you're working on. You can find Cynthia at smartchick, C-H-I-C dot me and everywhere on social media at the smartchick, C-H-I-C again. Yes, that is it. And uh, <laughs> anything else you got coming up that you'd like to talk about? Well, you, you, like know, to what? you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to be on Good Day Sacramento. That's um, right. If it's gooddaysacramento.com, I, you can watch it live tomorrow. So 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time during the broadcast, not exactly at eight o'clock, but in the 8 a.m. broadcast Pacific Standard Time, which is 11 Eastern Standard Time. And you know what? A number of events, you know, that I'll be doing. But you know what? You can keep updated at smartchick.me and just i just want to say thank you for everybody who came in and watched live and are watching the replay appreciate all the comments and the hellos awesome thank you so much and thanks everybody do join us again tomorrow night 7 p.m eastern tomorrow night we have mario armstrong going to get a preview of the upcoming never settle show and talk to mario of course you know him from the nbc today show emmy winner And uh, very excited. The show takes off on April 5th, I believe. So we're getting down to the wire with that. Do come, do bring your questions. He loves to get audience participation and input on his show. That's the point of doing a live streaming show. So we will see you tomorrow night. Thanks, everybody, and have a great night.